I'm trying to think of the last time I was laid low by the flu. Not the stomach flu, which isn't really flu at all, but by influenza, the respiratory illness that rolls around every year about this time. Flu season is sometimes mild, sometimes severe, always deadly for at least a few people, and sooner or later, flu will get almost everyone. But there are ways to defend yourself. Mostly it's common sense. Wash your hands often, limit exposure to the afflicted, and especially get a flu shot. Today, we'll look at the public health implications of an under-vaccinated state population. This is Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. I'm Nancy Derringer, Communications Director for the Research Council, and in this podcast, we look at Michigan through a policy lens. Our discussions here are informed by our 103 years of experience doing nonpartisan, fact-based research on policy issues. We hope this podcast will serve as another way for the public to access our work, which is, as always, free and available to all on our website, crcmich.org. Today, I'm talking to Tim Mischling, a member of our research staff whose specialty is public health and health policy. So, Tim, it's flu season. Get your flu shot yet? I certainly did. I got it last month in October, which is the best time to get yours. I got mine in September, so um, I may still be laid low. I think you got it at the better time, but, you know, I guess... I think we're both doing pretty well. I think we are. So, I did get my flu shot, and it, but it's not like I had to wait in line for it. I just waltzed into my local pharmacy and asked. I showed them my insurance card, and I was in and out in a few minutes, I see signs offering flu shots all over the place with a similar level of convenience. So you'd think we're on track to have a pretty well-protected flu season here in Michigan, right? You'd think, hope even, but you'd be wrong. Okay, tell me more about that. Sure. As someone who likes to dig into the numbers and data, uh, history has shown that people in Michigan tend to not do very well when it comes to getting their annual flu shots. And by by the numbers, what does that mean? Uh, well, that means lower than the national average. And to use recent numbers, uh, for the last flu season, nationally, the rate of flu vaccination for the seasonal flu was about 45.3%, um, okay. which is not great. No, not um, at all. And the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services showed on their recent immunization report cards as of this fall, uh, the statewide rate in Michigan is just 30. Three percent. Wow, that's uh, that's well below the national average. Well below the national average right now, although it does vary substantially by counties. Okay, all right. Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, I'm I'm always interested in how this is a very big state, and it uh, it, it it covers a lot of ground and a lot of uh, income levels and a lot of populations. Um, what are some of the county level uh, numbers in that group? Yeah, we tend to see both at the state and county level that um, we do better when it comes to getting kids their flu shots, but adults don't always practice what they preach to their children. Uh Um, And we also see among adults that 
you know, our, our senior friends um, who are 65 and older tend to do pretty well. But adults overall, when we're looking at adult uh, flu vaccine rates, um, some counties like Washtenaw County, where you have a lot of educated uh, people, um, do pretty well uh, at 42.3%. And that's actually not pretty well. That's just pretty well for Michigan. But it's getting a lot closer to the national average than... 30. So, yeah. right. And it, and it's not really an urban rural thing either because if you look at uh opposite side of the, the lower peninsula up in Emmett County by Petoskey, um, it has the same rate of uh, flu vaccines as Washtenaw County okay, is. Okay, so you tend to have more like well-to-do retirees up there. Yep. In, uh, and the other thing we should say about older people is um, if they go to a senior center, if they live in assisted living, if they see a doctor regularly, they're probably getting a pretty hard press to get the flu shot. Yeah, and they're at greater risk, so there's more you know reason for them to do it. And it's like what you were talking about earlier, where you see flu shots everywhere, but younger people, particularly those in their 20s and 30s, have the lowest rate of health insurance coverage and may not regularly see a primary care physician. So that could be part of it, but I don't think it's all the story, which we'll talk about. Okay. On the flip side of things, though, um, we see that some of our inner city areas, as well as uh, especially rural areas and parts of rural Michigan, there are really, really low rates of flu vaccination. Hmm. So Monroe County, uh, which falls just between Wayne County on the north in Detroit and then Toledo to the south, um, that's just 25%. So uh, wow. that's that's getting lower than the state average. And if we go over on the west side to Cass County, uh, just 15.5% of adults there get their flu shot. Okay. Um, so how is flu season going in Michigan so far? It seems to be underway. So... What do we know about um, what is, has anything shaped up yet in the data? Sure. So experts nationally and not just in the U.S., but around the globe had predicted that this flu season could be especially bad because the southern hemisphere, uh, which preceded us, had a bad flu season. So flu seasons typically in the fall and winter, we see the seasonal influenza viruses year round, but they, they're more common during the fall and winter. Uh, we typically think of things kicking off sort of in October, but they really don't peak until December, January, February, and could last as late as May. It's, it's different each year, and it can be really hard to predict, so we have to constantly monitor those things. Mm -hmm. To answer your question about Michigan, it was looking like we were off to a fairly slow start with um, influenza rates lower than what we had seen in previous years. However, a week and a half ago, uh, we had an influenza-associated death in Oakland County. Um, and at the same time, we're starting to see in other states like Louisiana, things are really picking up and maybe even double what, what we saw last year. Wow. Okay. So there are a lot of reasons that people might not get a flu shot. Um, they may feel like they can't afford it. They may feel like they don't have time. Um, they don't get offered it. It's not on their radar for whatever reason. But there's another factor that we have discussed before, and that is uh, this phenomenon we call vaccine hesitancy. Um, it generally describes people who, for one reason or another, know that a given vaccine is available, they have access to it, but they choose not to or are slow to do so. Um, talk a little bit about vaccine hesitancy as it applies to um, influenza. 
Sure. So we wrote earlier this year that vaccine hesitancy was a major threat to public health, and the World Health Organization has listed vaccine hesitancy as one of the 10 major threats to global health. And so it's becoming a really big deal. Um, and it affects people all over the world, uh, including right here in the good old U.S. of A. Um, vaccine hesitancy really falls on a spectrum from people that are unsure about vaccines or maybe want, you know, uh, in terms of immunizations for their kids, they want a different schedule or they do some vaccines and not the others. Uh, and we usually just think of vaccine hesitancy and sort of the anti-vax movement as being this thing that's dealing with the MMR vaccine and autism. But suspicion about vaccines, uh, misinformation about the effectiveness, that really affects the seasonal flu shot as well. Uh, and research has shown that most adults who don't get the flu shot um, don't do so for one of a number of different reasons where they don't believe in flu shots. They don't think that they need it. Uh, they think that it, you know, they have misconceptions about how it does or doesn't work. All of these things fall under this, you know, phenomenon of vaccine hesitancy, and it really affects right. what's, what we're seeing. We all have a friend who, um, I got the flu shot five years ago, and then I immediately got the flu. I'm never getting another one, you know, which is just, they may well have been exposed to it before they got the shot, or they may, the shot may not have had a chance to, um, you know, establish its its efficacy in their body. I mean, there are a million reasons that that could happen. They may have got a flu-like illness that wasn't actually the flu. Yeah, that's another reason. Or they may not have developed, you know, the antibodies, like you said, and right. so they got the flu. It's not, no one in the medical or public health community believes that the flu shot is a perfect defense. The flu... Well, we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah, Because I, yeah. I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, we, we you posted this blog last week, and I, I put it on our Facebook page. Um, which you should all be liking and subscribing to or whatever else you need to do because we need all the exposure we can get. And I was looking at the comments on the Facebook post on your blog, and we definitely have some skeptics there. Um, some people say the shot is ineffective because it's based on an estimate of what the virus will be in any given year. Um, this is undeniably true, although it's not the whole truth. Um, and then others say it's a big money grab by big pharma. I mean, can you address some of these specific um, objections to the flu shot at all? I would be happy to do so. <laughs> Have at it, Tim. <laughs> and, you know, I uh, went to school and earned separate, you know, studied separate graduate degrees for health policy as well as public health sciences. And I've been advocating that based on the science and my own expertise, in addition to the expertise of others that we look at in their research, that flu shots are a smart decision. I'm still waiting for my big pharma check to show up. <laughs> and my aged, for, dented up Ford Focus out in our parking lot uh, is a, probably a good indication that that money hasn't at least made it to my mailbox yet. Well, given that so many flu shots are essentially given away... Um, I can't imagine they're a big moneymaker for a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, vaccines in general can be loss leaders. And right. really, the expenses of treating the illnesses that we try to prevent with vaccines are much bigger moneymakers, both for pharmaceutical companies, but for the health industry in general, where right. we have hos hospitalizations from the flu are much more costly than the vaccine and generate more profit if you want to look at it from that perspective for, for the healthcare industry. So, you know, I, I think it's 
easy to succumb to conspiratorial leanings in this day and age when we're bombarded with lots of different information from lots of different sources. Um, but there's something to be said for good old expertise. And this is an area where pretty much everyone who has had relevant training or education is saying the same thing, that, that right. the flu shot is a good thing to get. Um, right. I don't think that that's brainwashing. I think that that's scientific consensus. Right. And, you, and you know, what I mentioned before is the flu shot is basically a educated guess by medical minds as to what this what the virus will be in any given year and it's certainly true that it's not perfect you yeah can we still get the flu shot you got the flu a couple of years ago i did i got the flu shot for the 2017-2018 season and i still got laid out with a terrible flu right and it was just dreadful um right. yeah i yeah, I would never want to go through that again. And right. I'm fortunate enough to be young and healthy enough where my body could fight it off. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife probably had it worse listening to my whining from the couch <laughs> about how terrible I felt. Um, but like you said, flu vaccines, they're a guess because the flu virus is constantly mutating. mutating and sure. these things, they're updated to better match the viruses that we expect to be circulating in the U.S. or wherever. This year, right now, we're looking at a quadrivalent uh, flu solution. And so that's got four different viruses and it's ideally it's going to provide protection for a lot of what you would encounter. It's never going to be perfect, but that argument that it's not perfect, so we shouldn't do it, even though experts agree the flu shot is our best defense is really kind of silly to, to use an analogy. You know, I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years. Um, and if you watch the news, among other things, you know that California has an increasing trouble with wildfires. Um, and they happen every year, and it's part of life. And sometimes the wildfires are not so bad. Other years, they're worse. I've never heard anyone make the argument that municipalities in California should just individually decide whether or not they want to have a fire department because they're going to have wildfires anyway. Right. I mean, you, if you have a good defense, you keep the defense and you hope for the best, and then you try to fortify and improve that defense. And when people aren't using the defense, uh, that weakens it right. for all of us. I mean, we all put on our seatbelt when we get in the car. Um, we're glad that we have airbags. That doesn't mean you can never be killed in a car crash. It just means that if you are in a car crash, you're more likely to survive it. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. And vaccine hesitancy. I don't want to get too deep into the uh, debate over um, in this area, but this is kind of a product of the modern age um, in a lot of ways. It's uh, People can believe whatever they want, but this sort of widespread skepticism about, you know, what what you're being told by either big pharma or big government or whatever. Um, this is a fairly new thing, at least in my, on my radar screen. What do you think? I think the phenomenon isn't necessarily new. So even, you know, the original, uh, smallpox vaccine, there were people that thought that it was a horrifying thing that was being done. And, you know, we could have historical debates about that, but the, the scale of of this distrust, I think, is unique to the information age uh, as people have access to things that will confirm whatever they want to believe uh, right. on the Internet. And, of course, everything on the Internet is true, even when the Internet can contradicts itself. <laughs> it, it's all true. Um, and so I, I think that the intersection of mistrust of government and mistrust of scientific expertise um, 
you know, in access to constant floods of misinformation, all of those things are working together. We in the U.S. have always liked to do things, you know, bigger and better. And we've taken individualism to such a point of bigger and better that expertise no longer matters. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's an expert. I, I consulted Dr. Google on this one. Exactly. So, so I, think, I think if there's a large group of folks out there willing to die on the hill fighting for the idea that the earth is flat, that maybe... It, you know, we can be a little sympathetic to people having questions about the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I tend to throw in with the consensus among people who sure. have spent years and years studying things and okay. are unified in, in saying that it's a good thing. Okay. And where and how does um, public health policy come into this? I mean, we're a policy research shop, so we need to at least give a, note, a nod to, um, to public health policy. So. Sure. So I, I think the general American consensus, if we can even pretend that we have general consensus these <laughs> days, has always been that, you know, it's not the government's place to infringe on individual rights when someone is exercising, you know, their freedom to, you know, of speech or their freedom of religion or these things that they want to do in their own home to pursue their own happiness and life and liberty. That's fine. But where the government tends to step in is when those individual freedoms start infringing on the rights and freedoms and well-beings of others. And so with the low rates of flu vaccination we have, we see higher rates of school absence, we see more absenteeism at work, we see lower productivity that increases, you know, from an economic perspective, our healthcare costs for those hospitalizations, it increases uh are sort of cost to society in terms of diminished productivity. So there are definitely economic costs. And then there's the public health side where spreading viruses that can potentially kill people, particularly the those that are more vulnerable, um, is not good for us as a state. That's There's a human cost in addition to the sort of economic and social costs that we have as a society. And so that means that it's the government's responsibility at the very least to make sure not only that people have access to to the shot, which like you've said now, most insurances, it's free, you can get it at work, you can get it at the pharmacy, you can get it at the supermarket, there's all sorts of places you can go to get the flu shot. Uh, we've removed some of those barriers. And that's a very economic response, thinking that the cost is what's preventing someone from getting the shot. Now we're realizing that there's a sociological and psychological cost, um, which we're, you know, we discussed vaccine hesitancy. And so the government really has a role in making sure that people have have access to accurate, unbiased information so that they can make the best decision for themselves. Yeah. Okay. So, um, obviously, getting a flu shot is a choice, and medical science is pretty unified that it's a smart one. Um, If you're not making that choice, it's your call. But remember that no man or woman is an island, as the poet said. So... Tim, one last pitch to do uh, to to do the right thing and go out and get get a flu shot. Sure, happy to make that pitch. You know, I'm a young and healthy guy. I don't have any kids, and I still haven't got my check from Big Pharma. I might be brainwashed, but I go out and get my flu shot every year, uh, every October. I'm mm-hmm. getting that shot because I know the flu is nothing to sneeze at. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I got mine too. So, and I'm and I'm considerably older than you, and uh, and I do have children, although they're out of the house at this point. So, um, 
but I, what I was saying before at the very beginning of the show, um, I was trying to remember the last time I got the flu and it's been a long time. I don't, it's been years. So I, I feel pretty good about it. Knock wood. So, okay. So that will do it for this edition of Facts Matter, the Citizens Research Council of Michigan podcast. Remember, the council operates as a public resource, and all of our papers, along with blogs, op-eds, and other resources, are available for download on our website, crcmich.org. We operate as a nonprofit, thanks to Michigan's corporations, foundations, and generous individuals like you. If you'd like to make a donation, go to our website, crcmich.org, and click on the contribution button on the homepage. We also welcome feedback, which you can send via email to crcmish at crcmish.org. I'm Nancy Derringer, and until next time, I leave you with this observation by our founding president, Lent Upson. The right to criticize government is also an obligation to know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>